Welcome to the New Books Network. Well, hello again. It's my great pleasure to welcome back C.K. Westbrook, who is the author of a great trilogy about various aspects of our damaged environment. She is also an environmentalist who lives and works in Washington, D.C. C.K. has worked with U.S. Congress in many administrations to try to protect our water, air, and wildlife from pollution, abuse, and exploitation. She is a self-described old-school news jockey. She believes we know the state of the planet, and the news is generally bleak and depressing these days. So to escape reality, C.K. creates intriguing characters in a creative fictional world. The world these characters live in may also be dark and scary, but they have fantastic adventures which impact their planet. In addition to creating an imaginative story and stories, C.K. breaks free from daily life with an intense passion for travel and has been to all seven continents. C.K. grew up in Florida, not far from the Kennedy Space Center and has a bachelor's degree from Florida International University and a master's degree from George Washington University. C.K. loves weaving real-world topics and crises into suspenseful sci-fi and fantasy. So, okay, let's get started. This is the second book uh, in in the trilogy. It's, uh, it's a great book, just like the first one. So, C.K., can you briefly summarize for our listeners what happened in your first book, The Shooting, so listeners will know uh, how the stage was set for your second book, The Collision? Sure, of course. Um, And first, I just want to say thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to tell people about my novels, uh, the Impact series. So, The Shooting, after almost every gun owner in the world, turns their weapon on themselves in a terrifying 15-minute window. A hero rises up just to figure out what happened, why um, things happen, and the government blames her. So she becomes a primary suspect or a person of interest. And there's a lot of drama because of this huge, catastrophic, horrifying event. Um, And then that book was, the shooting was published in March of 2022. And then The Collision was published in September of 2023. Collision picks up almost from the the moment uh, the shooting ends and it's, you know, carries the story forward. And it's also suspenseful and kind of dark and traumatic, just like the shooting is. Okay. So on to the collision. You said that science fiction often has a catastrophic event that creates the story. We know in your series, it's a worldwide mass shooting. How does this differ from other science fiction books? Yes. So um, if you think about a lot of science fiction, modern science fiction, or actually all science fiction. So the catastrophic events often are a virus that causes zombies or mushrooms that cause zombies or Skynet, which just the machines take over and destroy all living things because they're at war with with living things on Earth. Or... If you even go into like the Avengers, Thanos, uh, which that's Captain America, really, really popular series, Thanos would go to planet to planet and kill, wipe out 
all living things, 50% of everything that was alive on a planet. So what I was thinking about mine, all of these things, and if you even go to like The Road, right, uh, by McCormick, all these, the, they take another level of horrifying terror, which is because the survivors, the humans that survive, don't have food. They often become cannibals. They fight each other and shoot each other over natural resources because when the resource, like even if, even if you're going to go shoot a cow or a deer, it might have the virus and a lot of common science fiction. So it's like adds levels of elements of like terror and also um, real darkness because generally it becomes cannibalist and it just gets worse and worse. So my stories, because it's almost every gun owner turning that weapon on themselves, it doesn't affect animals. It doesn't affect food. It doesn't affect wheat. It doesn't affect the oceans or fish. So it leaves a lot more space for imagination for like what the world would be like after this horrifying, traumatic event that, you know, scares people and also ships geopolitics. But again, there's not the, the but you know, they didn't know that in the books, but because at the beginning they do. Um, but it doesn't, it's, so it's a whole different kind of like vibe on what can come out of this event. Um, and other events that happen because like I said, traditional sci-fi, it affects everything that's alike. So I just wanted to make it a little bit different because again, as an environmentalist, um, and knowing that we're in the sixth mass extinction, the impact that humans have on nature and wildlife, and also how much I realized we need it. So when I was thinking of my stories, I was completely seeing nature and wildlife and, uh, ecosystems as having kind of a role more than just being something that you just kill off and, uh, contributes to the to the demise of the human race okay um i noticed that race plays a role in in the collision uh, could you speak about that yes the main character kate is white and she teams up with an astrophysicist who is black and sinclair jones dr sinclair jones um they go on a quest to try to find out what caused the shooting and most of collision is their quest to find out what caused the shooting. And let me just tell you, there's a collision involved. That's why the book's called Collision. And they, uh, so when they're traveling together and they're interacting in life, uh, Kate kind of witnesses firsthand some things that happen to Black Americans more so. And she's like a, a kind, uh, you know, you know, not racist in any way. She's she's very sweet. Um, but it, I think it was kind of eye-opening and I was just including stories that I had heard from friends that I had seen in the media that I had um, personally experienced with with uh, black friends. So I just kind of bl blended them. And so it was like a different level of, um, you know, human interactions. And I think it just makes the plot and the characters more interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think you you did it very well. Uh, I, it seemed, in terms of Kate, it seemed like her personality changed from uh, the shooting to the collision, if I'm right about that. Could you, could you say a little bit about that? Sure. The, the most obvious, I think, is she cries a lot less in collision. I think she is a very deeply feeling person, and the, the shooting just like destroys her, just like it does everyone. Um, but when she asks to make fast decisions and she's under enormous stuff, she still cries a lot. I'm not saying she doesn't, and I... Um, I have like respect for people who cry. Like if you feel emotions and you express them, I think that's healthier than people that bottle them up as, as that can be bad for people's health. Um, but I think she gets stronger as she progresses along in collision and 
Um, I don't want to say that crying isn't, she still cries a lot, but it's not as much as in the shooting. Well, as a psychoanalyst, I would certainly agree that crying is, is a positive thing in terms of being in touch with emotions. Um, but I, I did notice the difference. Um, switching topics a little bit, well, the topic being space debris, uh, I I feel like I've learned a lot from your books about space debris. How much did you know about it before you did research on the collision? I mean, you are. Uh, I, so <laughs> I had I knew I knew some uh, somewhat about it. I knew it was bad. I knew I had, like I said, there's, there are environmentalists who specialize in space um, and space debris. So I've been kind of tracking them and having grown up near Kennedy Space Center and worked in Florida many times and lived in Florida for most of my life. The I bought a lot of newsletters, so I see like a lot of like insider space things that most people Americans just don't know about, right? Um, and um, so I was very aware of the Kessler syndrome, and I and I tell people too, like you could ask or so like people keep asking about page one hundred and nine in the collision, which is a lot of data on gun violence, and I always feel like the most the, what people want to hear about about all the data and the facts that are just presented there is that yes um dogs do kill shoot their owners and it's two to four americans are shot and killed by their dogs on average every year and it's used most likely in the state of florida so i think that one just grabs people by that fact that's in there and and and, and then there's a full page there's two pages in collision which is just about space debris and it's not just about because in the shooting we start to talk about it but in the collision there's a deep dive and there's also a conversation about like what is being done to address it. And I think it's like, there's not a lot of technology. There's a very little being done. And it's really, I think, I think well put in the book about the situation with, with space debris. And I think when people read it, it, it is science fiction, but it's based on facts and it's kind of scary. Yeah. It's very scary. That's what struck me. And, and um, as you recall, I asked you how much, how much of it was factual because it seemed to read the, the part about space debris, as well as other parts, was based on a lot of fact. So I see how you've combined your interest here in in putting factual material into um, a sci-fi or um, or a book about fiction. But actually, can I just elaborate on the Kessler syndrome? I know I did in the last one, just so that people understand that. One thing asked about that too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because there's one tiny piece of debris, and in the book, there's all the different sizes. I mean, there's like you know, like a like a speck of 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 a poppy seed, all the way up to huge, huge dead satellites just in lower Earth orbit, just spinning around, and it's just dangerous garbage. And if one thing hits another thing, you can smash into something that has that's covered with solar panels, and there's a ton of glass, so there's shards of glass. So the Kessler syndrome is at some point, some one thing is going to hit another, and it's going to cause a catastrophic collision that just takes out everything the space center and um the u.s space station not the u.s space station the international space station had to move like twice last year to avoid space debris and luckily there was so they could still track it and say oh it's coming we gotta move out of the way or we gotta bring our astronauts in but if there's a big show like a big uh kessler effect center if that goes down it's going to be impossible to move. And also, as we have more tourists going to space and have more satellites, um, there's 
it's almost inevitable. I feel like that at some point we're going to have some kind of a catastrophic accident. Do you have any theories or hypotheses about why our, the American public doesn't know more about this or is it being told more about it? Um, I feel, okay, so you may have seen in the news recently that the Webb telescope, right, this fantastic piece of equipment technology way out, way out in space um, is bringing back all these beautiful pictures. So it's been on the media a lot. And I think that reopens people's imagination and to the final frontier and who knows what's out there and look how beautiful it is. And also um, that space exploration is noble. It's um, knowledge for the sake of knowledge. So there, and I think that's because of media, movies, movies, uh, science fiction novels, people pull into that category without realizing and thinking about there is a lot of money. There's a lot of satellites that deal with sports and internet and phones, as well as national security. Um, and I feel like, like people get caught up in the sexy fun. Oh my God, space is amazing. And it's interesting today. I had, a, I was at, a, at a, a meeting this morning and people were talking about AI and half the people more than half were saying, Oh my God, AI is going to be fantastic. I'm going to be a better teacher. We can do these things so much faster. We can get rid of, and I was just like, Oh my gosh, do you guys hear yourselves? Like things need to be regulated because there's always going to be bad players and greed and it's, it's going to damage the masses, right? It's like the most people. Um, and I just really feel like it's like a, it's like a, it's just interesting to watch this reaction to, um, the web telescope at the same time as like knowing that Elon Musk and his star base is still under investigation and that environmentalists are suing because he set off something, whatever, like three months ago, and then he blew up the whole base. He blew up the ship. And that was backing into a national wildlife refuge with our endangered species. And, and Elon Musk would say, well, there's nothing there. There's nothing there because it's generally a low-income area, if not set up for and wildlife. So it's just like the the flip side to me where there's the fantasy and the movie and the beauty, and then there's the reality and people need to think about both things. And I don't think the media even remotely covers the reality side of it. They like the sexy, cool, beautiful side. Well, yes, that that makes sense that it happens for that reason. Let, let me uh, take us back to uh, Kate, the main character. I believe she's the main character, or at least one of them. Kate has made the scapegoat skate by many people in the shooting. Uh, you name some of them and, and why you think this people are so uh, quick to blame her? Yes. In um, the shooting, it's mostly the government that, that finds her as a person of interest, and they immediately start to blame her or think she knows who or what caused it. So they come down on her and try to intimidate her. And in the collision, as she moves forward, and of course things get leaked, and then the media knows, and there's then people start to blame her, like individual people. So they're like, my husband would never kill himself. My child would never, my child was, you know, trained on guns or then so the 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 lore it went from the bigger global like government level down to individuals. Um people cannot except because it's crazy what happened and it's totally crazy so their their rejection of, re of what happened is logical like it's a traumatic situation but then they eagerly want to blame somebody and kate uh becomes the target of blame on, on almost every level which is why the collision is so suspenseful because 
as they go on this quest to find out what happened, more and more people and entities are blaming them for the situation. Yeah, what came to my mind when I when I was thinking about this question is something that I write about. It's a defense mechanism, a psychoanalytic defense mechanism. And a lot of people don't know about it, but it's ever-present in so many different situations. And I think of this one, too. It's called projective identification. So this occurs when a person unconsciously can't stand something about themselves. They don't like an attribute. They don't like a feeling, a characteristic. And they foist it on. They project it onto somebody else. And then it's on you. It's not me. I didn't do this. I don't feel this way. It's you. So I think that that's kind of what happened in in all three books, really, where but especially in the shooting, where it's not it's not the person they didn't have anything to do with it. Their son's depression or their husband's drinking or whatever. I mean, this is a longer conversation, but they didn't have anything to do with anything. It's it's you. So it's easy to put it on her and blame her because they certainly aren't responsible. That way it gets it away from them and it puts it on somebody else. So it just reminded me of that. So I just thought that I'd mention that. Um, gun violence um, has been declared a public health crisis in the United States. Is that why you made the cataclysmic event uh, in in your book, A Worldwide Shooting? Yes. Um, I was, I, it, I mean, we've all seen out of control gun violence is the United States and it's just getting worse and worse even when, since I wrote these these series the situation has gotten worse um gun violence is the leading cause of death for children in America now and it just blows my mind like years ago when it was drowning in swimming pools um being from Florida anyone with a swimming pool had to put a fence up immediately right they just started passing all these things to I have it's just my mind is blown by how much we are accepting of gun violence and um, during the pandemic, I, you know, even before the pandemic, I was going to the protests in DC with the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas kids and all the March for Our Lives and um, outraged about gun violence. So yes, that kind of pulled it together saying what kind of a catastrophic event is not possible. I mean, it's not possible to have this, but in a weird way, we all live under this now, right? You go to a concert, you go to your church, you go to the mall. And you're thinking, you know, I was even at the grocery store recently and some guy came in with this huge backpack and he was dressed in all camo. And I said to my husband, I was like, uh oh, like, let's keep an eye on that guy. Then it's like, let's just get away from that guy. I mean, we're all kind of aware, right? That this, and maybe it's not a global thing, but if, if there's a mass shooting and you're involved or someone you love, it's the same thing, right? Your life is, is altered, if not destroyed forever. So yes, that's, and I wanted to make it something that was kind of realistic enough that everybody could relate to it. Uh, in a strange way, yet still be science fiction. Uh, well, I, I think you got the point across. Uh, someone very important dies in this story. What inspired that event? Um, okay, so when I was trying to think about um, what could cause all this wrath, like what could trigger this level of, of anger and violence, and then I was thinking about like who were the most important people who've been shot? And like I was thinking about like Martin Luther King and John Lennon, and a classroom full of kindergartners in Connecticut. And like, what person or or, or 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 entity would have to be killed that would stop the world and make everybody back up and think about things and say, wait a second, is this out of control? What are we going to do about this problem? 
And I honestly like had the really hardest time thinking about it because it's so unfortunate. It's like we, we kind of walk over our dead a lot in the United States now, right? And it's like we have become like very furthest. It's almost like we're going way backwards. And um, so I had to make it, I made it, I don't want to give it away, but something that was so important in on both a geopolitical huge level and also personal so that it would make a little bit sense like the level of rent. How do the relationships of Kate, Sinclair, and Rhett, the main characters in the shooting, evolve in the collision? I feel like they did evolve. How, how could you say something about that? Sure. And it's complicated, right? Because, like, in one way, not any most of the characters are not like totally good and totally bad. Like, there's elements and people rise to things, which is pretty much what a lot of humans are like. So, Kate is, is the hero and, and throughout the whole series. Uh, and Sinclair is her, you know, to me, I feel like he's like her Samwise Gamgee or the person that stands next to you and just like supports everything you do. Like everybody needs that in life. Like somebody that's just there, like a solid rock. But their relationship definitely evolves. And also Rex, because Rex is one thing in the shooting and then becomes almost the opposite in the collision. And I don't want to give away but there is a totally evolving of, but it's still interesting because people like, um, and when you, when we get to judgment, that's even more interesting because they discuss the different levels of why people do what they do and, and who sees things in what direction. So, but I don't want to, I don't want to slide into the judgment yet, but yeah, there are, there are relationships, all three of them and the way they interact with each other changes significantly in collision. Okay. Uh, what does it mean to be brave? Uh, is Kate brave? Uh, there was certainly times when it was hard to be brave, but um, can you say something about that? I think Kate is very brave because, you know, what happened to her in her childhood and then also when she grows up, <clears throat> I feel like bravery and art is, is basically standing up to authority or saying the truth when everybody is bought into the narrative or the scene or the, you know, and also it's like all different levels. Like you say something that's unpopular and people just don't like you, or you say something that is going to financially possibly make them lose money. Right. And they don't want to hear it. And then there's the whole bravado and ego and, and kind of what you were talking about where projection, like where, you know, you can, you can take on blame, you can take on hostility, you can lose your job, you can lose your family and friends. I mean, it's just turbulent times and it just stay, holds the line, stays truthful, stays honest in, light, in all of that. And that's to me like really what bravery is. I mean, I know there's this image in the movies where it's like in a war or, you know, jumping into water to save someone, which is also bravery. But really, I think a lot of times in, in modern society, it's just being authentic, being confident, and standing up for what's right. Yeah, I, I think this has to do with her character. She, uh, as you say, stays with what she believes is right. And that's not easy to do because there are all sorts of forces that push one to move in another direction, to um, say something that is favorable, favorable to one group or another group instead of one's own truth. So makes a lot of sense. What about Sinclair and bravery? Um, yeah, I think he's really brave because kind of his backstory is he was doing research on things that wasn't necessarily popular. So 
he had to stay under the radar at both his work and he and he talks about the narrative that people kind of want the concept that extraterrestrials and if they're they oh absolutely exist a lot of scientists and 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 very respectable believe that there there is life on other planets but it's kind of the concept of it being small or you know one cellular and not necessarily threatening and not necessarily not certainly not smart enough to come to our, us but people think that's a kind of a blind way of thinking as well and he does his research and move it and that's why he's very open-minded to what kate is, is says and what kate's um experiences are so so yeah he's brave too because he's working in a in a field that's um you know a lot it's, in society people make fun of it sometimes you know and and then up until very very recently um and and also just you know anytime you work on something that's unpopular an unpopular field i i think it's kind of like brave because you know you're not necessarily gonna make a lot of money and you're not gonna get a lot of uh um, support so yeah and then and then when he because of who he is he fully supports kate um risking everything as well so yeah i think he's very brave what about kyle um so kyle is is uh kate's boyfriend in the books and he's very supportive of kate um i always kind of feel like kyle's just young um and not necessarily as emotionally mature because there's there's a kind of a, a, a split right between the way kate handles things and the way kyle handles things um again going to past experiences and um just knowing sometimes like when you like i just don't think file is as intuitive as like sinclair is like you just need to sometimes just help somebody and he like wants explanations that he wants it's just he's he's a good guy there's nothing wrong with kyle i feel like he's just um not as emotionally mature as the others are and their relationship shifts and changes as well throughout the throughout the series but he's all right i mean he does stand up for kate in a in dangerous situations so in his own ways, he's brave as well. It's maybe, would you say, would you agree with this? Maybe not as consistently brave? Yes. Yes, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> but why should people read this this book? Well, uh, I feel like the collision is, is awesome. It holds the whole story together. So I would say, it, why should someone read the Impact series? Because I feel like it just touches on so many modern issues and pulls things together that... Um, we all know it. We all see environmental damage, climate change, catastrophes, and just just fear in our healthcare system. And that the government is working for corporations. And then there's AI. And then there's unregulated space. And then there's like so there's just a, 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 so many problems that aren't getting addressed. But I think we see it. And I think these books really well like pull everything together and talk about all of it as being cumulative impacts. Like I've said before. Um, it's not necessarily, it's like the death by a thousand cuts and it's just kind of beating us down. And I feel like these books encap- capture that really well. Um, all these problems and then they all come together and, um, and then there's a crisis and then Kate has to address it. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I, I wouldn't have thought it was possible to bring so many things into, uh, a novel versus a nonfiction book. So um, I I believe you accomplished what you what you just said. I, I do want to ask a, a couple of more questions about a character. Uh, what does Rex represent to you? Um to me it's interesting. Like I feel like Rex represents like power. 
right? Like pure power. So when we in 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 America, like power is corporations and power is the government and power is um you know, it could even be like your boss because they control all the elements of your life, right? And the imbalance of power, how corporations are generally just for making themselves get wealthy and, and you know, they trust unions and there's, there's, there's this constant uh, push and pull between corporate profits for shareholders and and helping people. And also the government's role of like, you know, it's... And it depends on you. Like there, there's 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 certain sides where people could be like, you know, the government is is out of control. There's half the country sometimes thinks it is about certain things. So I feel like Rex just represented like kind of pure power and how unfair and how it can be abused and also how with the flip of a tail it can become kind and supportive, which actually makes you even more frustrated because you're like, well, wait a second, you could have been like that all the time. So um, that's. That's what I would say Rex represents to me. Because this is so important, we've touched on this already, but I'd like to go back to gun violence. Um, how, how, can you say again, how you explore gun violence, the debate in the collision? Sure, like it's in, in the shooting, it's kind of dramatic, right? And there's a few people like having debates about, but in collision, it's a little bit more subtle and it's definitely like intertwined. Kate comes across um, different people like at one point she talks to some truck drivers about finding some directions and they've had a dramatic experience and then they have they talk about their religion and then there's there's people who are attacking her and they go through like again like my my husband would never do this my wife would never do this um and then there's like at a certain point she talks to a couple of police officers like i didn't think there's any police officers left and what were those police officers doing that they didn't get shot so there's like all these different like different ways of people expressing how they feel about guns and different ways that not having a gun protected them or the other way and it's just all through collision it's also it's also in judgment but i feel like collision um that's the main focus it's it's a really like a, a a long gun debate and i think i think i try to show both sides so it's not um it it, it expresses a lot of different opinions yeah i agree i agree with that uh we touched on this this next question already but i think it's so prevalent in our society and I'd like to go back to it the topic is however you want to characterize it blaming others scapegoating, I guess gaslighting could be put in there uh, as a side category. Um, all of these these um, things are prominent in the collision, um, putting blame on others also in the shooting. But could you, could you say why you chose those particular things? Yes, because it's, it's totally in our society. Like, so, and I was having a hard time like articulating it, but I think Rex does a really good job and also through their conversations because um, Rex at one point says, but everybody benefited. Everybody paid taxes. Everybody paid for it. Everybody enjoyed it. Everybody looked away from the dark side of it, you know? And it's like, and I feel like that's so often in our society from plastic pollution to climate change to exploitation of labor to the extinction crisis. And he's angry about it. Right. So it's kind of like the blame, but also um, people can shift blame away from themselves very easily. And also 
uh, blame people like they just like they blame Kate for things or they or they um, just, you know, like I said, project. And I would also say it's also like tragedy, the commons, right? As an environmentalist, that's like the concept that um, if everybody has a lake, they'll just use it, use it, use it till the water is gone. You could say the Colorado River. You can say all these other crucially important resources. And when uh, what, uh, Garrett Hardin, who was an ecologist years ago, came up with this concept, the economists were like coming back in and saying, oh, no, nobody would exploit a resource to the point where it was gone. But they like they didn't include greed, which I feel like environmentalists, every day we confront greed as parts of the decision making in this country. And it's like the not, oh, no, corporations aren't greedy. The government's not greedy. No one's greedy. So I would just say like kind of that brought it in too about like blame um, because if everybody's doing it, then who's to blame? And then find the scapegoat, find one person or one industry or one sector that you can blame. And, but it doesn't matter because it's still a tragedy all the way around. Uh, people should just deal with addressing it. Hey, if this is pollution, let's just stop the pollution. Let's stop the pollution at the source or figure out a productive way to recycle and reuse it. If you can't, just move on. But instead, they just blame and litigation. Like our society is so like suing, suing, suing to see who's going to assume the responsibility. And it's kind of like musical chairs, right? Who's going to sit down at the end and um, and 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 take responsibility, whether they want to or not? Oh, that's a good point. It's certainly you're certainly in a litigious society. Um, well, I think that about covers it in terms of questions. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about the collision? Um, I love this story. I love collision a lot. Uh, sometimes I say to myself, it's like the um, Empire Strikes Back of, of Star Wars to me. Like it, it's really meaningful to me. So I hope people will read the series and I hope they get and enjoy uh, collision and like what it's doing. I mean, Judgment is brilliant. I mean, I think so. But um, I just really love Collision, and I just hope that they will read it. And then uh, if they like it, review it. It's very important for authors. And also um, let me know. And you can do that. Like I have a website and a newsletter, www.ckwestbrook.com. So please feel free to reach out, and, and we can do book groups. We can discuss it. I would love that. Okay. Um, I want to add that I like the fact that you have discussion questions at the end of each book for a, a book group or an individual or a couple to however many people are reading the book and discussing it together. I think it's great that you have those questions. They're very good, some of which I've asked. So I, I think that's, that's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your work. I think it's a very important trilogy and it's your writing is, uh, I think it's excellent. It's spell, uh, spellbinding. It's, um, I just had the feeling, and this isn't true for me, most often with fiction, I didn't want to put the book down. And that was true of all three of them. So, uh, yes, I certainly invite and hope people read all of them because there's a great deal to learn. So thank you so much, and uh, I certainly will invite you back to discuss the judgment in, in the near future. I am very much looking forward to that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Sure.